All right, welcome back to another episode of Girls with Fun. Hey, hey, how you feeling? Doing better? Uh, yeah, I have somehow beat COVID. They had me in the first half. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> me muting to cough, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm fine. I finally tested negative today, like today. Clapping, yeah. Woo. Thirteen days of COVID. That's a long time. I I've seen that why are we talking about COVID? It doesn't it's not important. <laughs> I've seen that people like sometimes can test for like a long time. Um they can test positive, I should say. Even if they're not necessarily exhibiting any symptoms, they still can like test positive for a while. So I was like, maybe that might be me, but today I woke up and it was a brand new day. So <laughs> Hey Alexa, play. Brand new day. <laughs> no. Yeah cool so uh before we get into our main topic we have what a few things to discuss so (laughs) it's all you it's all you (laughs) well first off congratulations (laughs) are in order um congratulations to bts benny blanco and snoop dogg for reaching um the top 10 of the billboard hot 100 with bad decisions um they entered in in the 10th slot so congratulations to them on a top 10 hit Woo, that's awesome that's my first time hearing it because i've been in uh grad school lockdown mode (laughs) i'll tell you why in a minute but we're not there yet (laughs) yeah um you know with billboard's rule changes it's been kind of wild so it's nice to see that no matter how many times they change the rules to try to <laughs> discredit BTS, we still overcome. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, what else? Also, mayhem this weekend. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know what JK's doing, but somehow he's like entered the Twilight fandom and he's chosen <laughs> Team Edward. <laughs> okay what actually happened is he's releasing (laughs) he's releasing some special eight photo folio yeah we we just got like blurry photos of vampire jk or vampire-esque i don't know if he really is one but it kind of looks like it and then we got like the video with like multiple different images now hold on i missed the video Oh, <laughs> the video. Was I have like, to go watch this immediately after. I don't even think it was longer than a minute. It was like really quick. And then you get like the whole Instagram grid of like six photos making, I don't know, like two larger photos or something like that. Mm. It's like his hand. I don't, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I did not spend that much time on Twitter. So it was my first, my like COVID lockdown ended Friday. So this was my like freedom weekend. But then I was studying, (laughs) which we'll get to. Um, But yeah, I wasn't on the internet that much clearly. But I will say the timeline was hilarious. It was like pick an AU and JK will make it happen, right? Because we have these like boxing videos of him. We have um, 
what was the other one? Oh, from Season's Greetings from this year, like the motorcycle thing, you know, like tattoo motorcycle JK. Now we have vampire JK has entered the chat. So the tweets I saw were like the whole time we've been Bella Loca, where you been? Because like people are talking about Bangtan Wolves and I don't really want to unpack that. And certainly not here <laughs> on Girls With Fun. But the entire time people are like, yeah, Bangtan Wolfpack. JK's like, <clears> hold <throat> my mysterious chalice full of red liquid like <laughs> jk has entered the the combo yeah i was definitely gonna bring up for whatever reason twitter's been having like a <clears throat> alpha and omega moment for whatever no. reason <laughs> you did not just say the word omega on the track i had, you did to. Not. <laughs> I had to i don't <laughs> know why every single like comment section all of the replies are just nuts with like omega wolf content and it's like what is going on i don't understand we've been left unintended for too long but not even <laughs> yeah but yeah the timeline is literally like that or like drake being our like boy hey mascot i don't know what i don't know when like <laughs> when drake just suddenly became the like army mascot but like <laughs> It's like every Drake meme ever, and they like turn it purple and like my time make has come. <laughs> I don't know how, but it's the funniest thing ever. I completely anyway. missed that, so I'll have to go under some of those. Drop me the Drake threads. <laughs> I, I don't. It's not even like a thread. It's like every like I don't know. People just tweet, and it's like a video of Drake, and they have borified it. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I really don't know how to explain it. You have to see it. Like, you just have to see it. If I see another one, I'll show you. But Everyone, drop me the Drake memes. Like, spam girls with fun. <laughs> but anyway. <sighs> wow. Uh, yeah, so... I don't know if JK's... Like, that was it? Like, is there more to come? Are we getting, like, some special release? Like, a book or something? Or, like some digital release of him doing like some vampire photo shoot i don't know <laughs> how funny would it be if there was nothing else like i was just like have these vampire photos of jk and like watch the internet burn like <laughs> there there will be no other content at this time yeah <clears throat> yeah i don't get it somebody at hype is a twilight fan though they have to be because there's just way too many like vampire and like werewolf concepts going on at hype right now like also in hype is doing like vampire concepts and i think they're a japanese boy group that they have yet to release was mm. also doing like a werewolf concept and now we get jk doing vampire stuff so i'm like somebody over here watched the twilight <laughs> drop <on> netflix recently <laughs> the creative director is a twihard yeah exactly <laughs> And they're like, not a vampire concept again. I guess we're doing <laughs> werewolves again. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, know. Twilight for better or for worse was a fundamental part of my middle school experience. So I'm not complaining. <laughs> but it was here fun we are. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's other stuff, but I think we need to like we should probably do like an entire episode like just on the vlogs yeah so <laughs> i mean we talked about a few but not really i think we only talked about hobies in depth that was it yeah um and in the soup friendcation 
finished with four episodes. Yes. So I need to somehow figure out how to watch that. I may or may not have like figured out a VPN to <laughs> watch it, but I still have to finish it. So I'm hoping that they release it on Disney Plus, like globally, now that it's finished in Korea. Right. But we'll see. Yeah, because I watched episode one, but it was in like 144p. It was trash. So I would like to see it better. <laughs> and the means with which I watched it were the reason why it was in such poor quality. So I would like to see it in HD. <laughs> so whatever. Um, but we'll get to that later. We should get to our main topic today because it is a doozy. Yeah, we're we're already recording a little late. Um and this one's going to be <laughs> going to be a wild ride. So part of the reason I was alluding to like grad school and studying is we've wanted to do this episode for a really long time. But I knew it was going to be I'm I think we both knew it was going to be like a lot of work <laughs> to prepare for. <laughs> but um yeah, I had read the first um most beautiful moment in life notes book one in february but i reread it yesterday and then today literally in the span of like four or five hours i read book two (laughs) (laughs) so i've read like i guess the first book was 229 the second book was like 300 so what yeah i've read like 530 pages of bongtan universe (laughs) in the last 24 to 48 hours so I was just like on lock having grad school flashbacks when you're like, yeah, I studied for the test, but did I study the right things for the test? Like, I still feel very confused, but I'm very excited for this episode. Yeah. So we're talking about the Bongtown universe. Uh, heavy disclaimer before we even get started. The content of the Bongtown universe is rigor like riddled with trigger warnings i should say um just like mentions of suicide harm abuse a lot it's a lot okay so if you're not familiar with the bts universe but you're interested in it just know or if you are familiar with it but you're sensitive to that kind of content just skip this episode altogether like just stop don't even listen to the rest of it (laughs) Yeah, and if you plan to read it, I mean, if you plan to read either of the books, um, or the webtoon, or whatever, this entire episode is one giant spoiler, so leave now if you don't want spoilers, as well as content warnings of every possible type. (laughs) Yeah. Also, please recognize that, um, even though Julie did just speed read it, and I did read the books, but... I think I read, I finished the second book, like, maybe a month ago. Uh, We may not all be factually correct here. (laughs) Like, we're gonna do our best, so if we, you know, uh, share some inaccuracies, or you just simply don't agree with whatever our theories or stuff that we have to share, like, (laughs) just know that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think I've said it on every other episode, but, like, I'm not a theorist army, you know? I'm not, like not connecting and crap (laughs) as people say (laughs) you didn't connect crap (laughs) so i'll do my best but yeah no guarantees (laughs) 
Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, where should we start? <laughs> where do we start? <laughs> yeah. So the Save Me webtoon came out in January of 2019. Okay. The Notes Part 1 came out mm-hmm. in January of 2019 as well. Oh, wow. So, let me make, let me confirm, but I'm pretty sure yeah, January 1st, 2019. And the Notes Part 2 came out in August 25th, if I'm correct from memory, August 25th, 2020. Yes. So the funny thing about that, I saw August 25th, 2020. I think Goodreads had it incorrectly as January 2020, but I was like, oh, it just came out earlier this year. Like me still stuck in 2020 when it's fully 2022. (laughs) And I was like, oh, look, I didn't wait like so long to read this. And then I was like, hold on. It's 2022. (laughs) I'm so wrong. So anyway. Yeah. So I read the first book in 2019. I read it the first book three times. I read it a third time to prepare to read the second book, which I started in 2021 and took forever to finish it. Like, I just did not want to finish this book. I don't know why. I would read like one page and be like, well, that was good (laughs) enough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I finally finished it sometime this year, like a month ago. So. Yeah, I literally already said it, but like, thank goodness for this podcast, because if we were not covering this, I don't know if I ever would have read them. So every time I started, I had started the first book, like literally three or four times, and I'd be like, oh, yes, and then I'd like put it back down. So (laughs) I don't know if it's because it's like a work in translation. I don't know if it was just like geared... I don't know if it's like geared as YA, which like disclaimer, I think there's a ton of great YA out there that's like very well written. So this isn't a dig, but I don't know. Mm. So overall, I like the stories and I liked book two a lot better than book one personally, but I found the style like very jarring and hard to get into at first. It was almost kind of like choppy. And I don't know if that was a style choice with plot twist time travel and these like small vignettes but I was like what's happening where are we who's doing what and I felt like well the Virgo side of me jumping out caught a few typos in the second book specifically but um I felt like there were a lot of words that were maybe just like slightly off or like it was the right word but the connotation wasn't there like Mm. I don't know no I definitely feel you on the book being like <clears throat> kind of choppy. I don't know if that's because of the way it's written with the like the notes kind of format. It's almost kind of like diary entries, so you don't ever really get like a full picture of what's going on, which may be intentional, but I also think part of it is due to I don't have any confirmation of this, but I feel like BTS writes their music. 
then someone puts together the music videos to match the music and like kind of have it like run in parallel with their music. Right. But then also somebody's now like, now I also need to write a book to match the music videos and the music and have it like all lined up. So it's not like someone's like an original story. It's like someone trying to take piece pieces and like trying to make them make sense. But like even the music videos don't really like make sense. <laughs> like, I mean, they make sense, but like <laughs> not in like a real like cohesive, clear thought out thing. So someone's trying to make it clear and cohesive in a book format. And it's just like, doesn't always hit. But I do agree with you. I feel like the second one is better than the first one because I feel like they had more more liberty to kind of build a a narrative than they did with the first one. Like, I feel like the first one was pretty, like, set in stone with the way the music videos and all that had been drawn out. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting you bring that up because one thought I had while reading, I was like... Either way, this is, like, genius, right? Did they have this all planned out from the get-go and, like, how it ties together? Or is there someone at Hybe that has to, like, go back and make it all fit? And so I think if it's the second, as you're saying, whoever it was with the constraints they were given actually did a really good job. Like, yes, it reads a little choppy. I'm not going to lie to you. But, like, overall, the fact that they took these, like, very separate things, as you said, and, like, made it work at all is nuts like yeah i don't know because i was like how long were they planning this yeah right yeah i had the same thought like does was bts entire like discography (laughs) essentially like mapped out from the very beginning exactly right or like whenever the oh my god what was that was that bts begins i don't know was that the first muster or what that was but whatever that video was we were watching, we were, like, clowning Jen for being the ops. Like, <laughs> I feel like that was the first, the first, like, video where they tried to, like, start this universe and have it, like, have some story, right? And then it, like, continues on, I feel like, later on in the, in the prologue or whatever with Most Beautiful Moment of Life and I Need You and stuff like that. So... I'm like, did someone orchestrate this from the very beginning and was like, pretty much, okay, here's kind of content that you need to write about. Go and write your own songs, but it needs to be kind of like in this framework so it makes sense with this universe. Or is it the other way around where BTS writes music, person sees BTS music and is like, well, I'm just going to make a music video to this. But then someone was like, wait, we can make this a universe. And then, like, you know, they start trying to make this entire narrative. Yeah, our listeners can't see me, but I'm nodding my head the entire time. Um, Yeah, I don't know. And then I had the thought, like, were these two tracks running in parallel? You know what I mean? Like, okay, so you have this song, but then the whole time they're building out this universe as well. Like, I mean, the books are basically, like, I was thinking about it, and I was like, this kind of ties into our fan fiction episode these books are basically like company sanctioned fan fiction which i feel kind of weird about i've talked about that before it's one thing i think in the fan fiction episode right it's like one thing for your average person to go out and like make a fan fiction it's another thing for your own company to like use your likeness in this fictional way and as i was reading i was wondering like so i'm still working my way through run bts and i just watched that one where they make like a video and they have roles 
it's an episode in the 70s but like jungkook's doing slate tay's the director um whatever um but there was a scene where jungkook is like trying to pull a mattress through a door frame and so it's funny now because we just learned about that right like more recently that he had this difficulty and was like cutting the mattress right (laughs) so anyway it was like fiction the point i'm making i swear this isn't a giant tangent is it was like a shout out to reality even though it was fiction and so i'm reading this Mm. and like seeing the members and seeing their likeness and i'm kind of like what is fiction and what's a nod to reality like yeah obviously hosok did not grow up in an orphanage but they're portraying him as this kind of like mother character that's like friendly to keep the others together and then you have yoongi never responding to texts which like tracks with everything we've ever heard (laughs) um about yoongi right and so you know there's hints about like tay being kind of like a really pure soul despite like circumstances and of course these books are extremely melodramatic but it's hard because for me to understand because this is very obviously a work of fiction but like where is art like imitating life you know <laughs> yeah i mean they 100 like you said they use their name their likeness <laughs> throughout both books obviously like you said to an extreme manner but there's still <laughs> right. some like elements of them that are like really there which is why i think some people were upset when they got the news of uh hype turning this into like a drama or whoever turning Mm -hmm. this into a drama and that the bts members weren't going to be the actors doing this drama but like it's not like really them and then also like (laughs) they're supposed to be like in high school so (laughs) imagine like just stupid buff namjoon and jk like (laughs) sitting in class with a bunch of like (laughs) 16 and 18 year olds (laughs) not namjoon jk mysteriously wearing gloves in like every single scene at school exactly (laughs) trying to cover all the tattoos and the piercings like yeah no it's just not gonna work plus like bts have enough to do they don't need to be in a drama as well like it's okay (laughs) plus like yoongi also again i was just watching that one where they made a video and they're like clearly not actors I won't say anything else, but I was just like, this is so chaotic. Like, what's going on here? (laughs) But some of the, like, okay, the BTS Universe trailer for the video game they released, 10-minute long video, it it was giving actor to me. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Did you, I don't know, did you, do you remember that? No, because I avoided the video games like the plague, (laughs) because I was like, this isn't them, it's just their likeness, but here I am, regardless. It almost, like, summarizes book two. Pretty oh, much. Really? Um, I think the game because I didn't fully play the game. I never finished. Also, I don't know if it expands upon it or it just kind of gives you like a visual of like what happens mm. in like book two. It may also touch on book one as well. But I saw a lot in these videos that I was watching, um, of like clips from book two, kind of like piecing things together. But like <clears throat> the the little the little acting scene they had in the little 10 minute video i was like okay i mean because i never really like thought about like nam dude being a drama but he was giving actors so i was like let me see it i would be interested in it but i don't think he has any interest in doing that <laughs> but, but like you it. said high school namjoon also yoongi was like 
a raging alcoholic in um the book series so if he's also, yeah. also supposed to be in high school maybe that's my american cultural lens <laughs> showing drinking age is 21 here i don't know how that will go for an yeah. american audience not that people don't drink underage they definitely do but yeah i don't know or yeah even for the um what was that first bts game called oh goodness oh, i don't remember what it not was the called, guitar but- one like guitar hero esque no. where you're tapping. No, 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 no. The one where you're the manager and like you're having relations oh. with them. <laughs> the one I also avoided. Wasn't it like <laughs> BTS Universe as well or something? Uh, uh-huh. let me verify. Uh, BTS World. Oh, okay. <laughs> we should have um, known that we got a whole great <laughs> soundtrack for that. Yeah, Oops. that's true. They were also like acting in that game as well. Like they were doing a lot for like a video game. So <laughs> I mean, the acting seemed good there to me Fair. too. So I wouldn't mind seeing them act. I just think it's unrealistic to expect that of them, especially when we just got this video of them being like, "I can't do this anymore. I need a yeah. break." <laughs> yeah. That's fair. I'll, I'll rescind so. my like not acting statement. I will say that that BTS run episode in the mid seventies is extremely chaotic. It's like a three part series, and yeah. I'm like, what's happening? What's the script? I mean, there was a script, but it was just very odd. <laughs> but yeah, so where do we start? I mean, book one kicks off. Um, they are in school, and they decide that they want to ditch school to go to the beach together, right? They're tired of being beaten down by their teachers, their various life situations. Um, but I would say book one is, excuse me, honestly, mostly set up for book two in a way, because it's mostly like bad things happening to them. Like, should I go in order of members? Do you want to go in order? How do we want to do this? Um. I don't know. I mean, because we could talk about, like, you could talk about book one and then talk about book two, or you could talk about, like, their overall tragedies and how okay. it was, like, kind of solved and then talk about other extra stuff or whatever. I'll focus on narrative arc and not divide it up between book one and two, which will be easier for me anyway. So I'll go member my member and talk about their hardships. Um, So I guess I'll go fan chant order. Um, Namjoon... His family is extremely impoverished. And so for most of book one, he's working all kinds of like odd jobs to support his family. Um, He's forced to leave the school um, to move somewhere else because his family's behind on their bills and they can't afford their rent. And so they have to move. Um, He ends up living in this small town unnamed where he's working as a delivery driver And it's winter and very treacherous. And basically, um, he's supposed to go on this delivery. But again, the like K-drama crossing in the rain, like instead of going on the delivery at that moment, he gets a call from his dad um, and has to like go to the hospital or his dad fell. So he has to like help his family. So the other delivery driver goes and he dies um because he was not wearing a helmet and he slipped on ice and then it's later revealed 
that Namjoon's the one that put down the sodium chloride, like what we would call road salt <laughs> in the U.S. And so it like created a dangerous situation. Um, so Namjoon had put it down thinking he was going on the next delivery run, couldn't for his family situation. This other guy goes, slips on the ice that Namjoon inadvertently created and dies. Um, so finally, Namjoon is racked by guilt. And he runs away from his dad on his dad's bidding and ends up living out of a shipping container, that train car we see every which way. Um, and yet to come most recently, um, that's his house and like the hub of the gang. Like they can always go there and hang out there and he keeps his door open to them. And he's kind of like, um, he's kind of like, the more mature adult figure of the group. So again, wondering like in that aspect, is that his personality or not um, in real life? Just that aspect of it. Um, yeah. There was something else I was going to say about Namjoon. So does he, <clears throat> when does he start working at the gas station? Is it before he does that delivery service thing or was it afterwards? It's a good question. I th think it was both. Well, this was a question I had for you that I was going to raise um, under Jen's section. But, like, when did you realize there was the time travel component in the book? Like, were you tracking dates? Were you, like, watching any of that? Because I was trying to keep track of the, like, book chapter headings and the dates, but I, like, wasn't doing a great job at that. And I was getting confused to the point, like when book two started, I was like, now hold on, this is a typo. And then immediately Jen's like, time loops. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, I think it's before he leaves. And then when he comes back, he's working there again. Mm, okay. I, <clears throat> I couldn't remember. Like, I know he did the whole running away thing and that he was working in that um, shop doing the deliveries or whatever, but I couldn't remember if he was also working at a gas station at the same time like i know the whole reason why he's doing these odd end jobs is because his dad is sick like severely sick and so he's trying to like get money to be able to <clears throat> pay for his hospital fees um and his parents like heavily rely on him or whatever to like help take care of the dad like you said but i couldn't remember if he was working both jobs at the same time or like one happened before the other but that also could be because the dates are all over the place and whatever. It's hard to follow. He did I... actually say he was working two jobs at once, but I think that was for a brief period uh -oh. back in the main town that they live in, okay. Songju. Okay. Because the whole gas station thing happens, like, where someone, like, throws money at him or, like, drops it on the ground for him to pick it up after he services him. And Namjoon's like, I'm gonna end it all like insert the Arthur fist meme he's like I've had enough and I guess that leads to like some series of events in which Jin tries to uh rewind or whatever tries to save so yeah one of his solutions or his solution to saving Namjoon in that moment was to go back in time and I think he like picked up the money and gave it back to the guy and was like buzz off like pretty much leave him alone or whatever i think to answer your question about when did i notice time loops 
I think at this point, the book comes out in 2019. Army had already figured this whole book out. Like, I swear that the book one was written based off of every single theory that Army had posted on Twitter, Tumblr, wherever they were, YouTube, whatever they were posting these theories. Because the book is almost bar for bar every theory that I had ever seen about <laughs> the BTS universe. And like, they were like, right when the prologue came out or maybe sometime after that i don't know i feel like army were already on to like the whole time loop butterfly <laughs> effect thing so by the time 2019 rolled out and they have the books i'm like okay like i just feel like i already knew that they were like jin was doing time looping or whatever like he's going through time and trying to fix stuff so it wasn't like Mm, like until they started revealing the whole like map of the soul thing i'm like well now what's this this is a new element <laughs> so that was new for me but i feel like the whole time looping thing was like either ruined by army or not ruined because i literally just like stole all of army's content like they usually do and then made it <laughs> into a book <laughs> i literally felt like my brain was melting every time i watched a theory video so i avoided like very hardcore um so i was actually like surprised by that or like i don't know i guess i guessed or had surmised that there had to be like multiple universe situations happening like how many times can one character die or experience some tragedy you know what i mean like there was yeah. so much going on that i was like okay something's happening but i didn't explicitly realize like what the like time jumps were and that Jen was controlling them so maybe i'm just like really late to the curve here but i was like what i think what messed me up the most was trying to understand what year 22 meant or year 19 like yeah mm -hmm. yeah like whatever like is this occurring in like 2020 like what does this mean i think the general consensus that this is the year of Jen's age specifically Oh, I didn't know that. See, look. Look at you teaching me things. I, think, I didn't know that. I think every single date is a year specifically. It's either specifically of Jen's age or specifically of, like, that person's age. But I think it's Jen's age. I didn't I realize that book one, it was until I was, like, well into book one and into book two, I guess, as time went on. I didn't realize how young they were when they all first met or, like... They were in high school, but then there were flashbacks even before that. Like, as you say, there's flashbacks to, like, year nine, year ten, you know, like, yeah. talks of Jimin at the Flower Arboretum, right? Talks of Hobie being left on the bus, whatever. Was it Hobie? I think it was Hobie on the bus. Anyway, like... Was he on the bus or was it at a carnival or, like, some kind of amusement park? Was it both? Was it neither? You've entered the multiverse <laughs> of madness. Yeah. Yeah, something happened. He got left. But, yeah. At age seven, I do recall that. Um, I th mm. Mm. He might have had a dream of his mom on the bus where, like, she kept turning her head, but if he saw her face, he would, like, wake up from the dream. Mm, I, I recall that, okay. but I think you're right. So, anyway... I didn't realize that it started so young and then that they would drift and then reconvene and then like drift and reconvene, you know? Yeah. Which can we talk about this? I understand that all the members are like heavily traumatized, but they treat each other like crap. Like 
<laughs> the way they ignore each other or they fight about like dumb stuff or like I didn't want to see him at that moment so like I didn't go into his workshop or like he cursed me out and then he punched me or like we got in a fight like just because you're traumatized doesn't mean you have to project your trauma onto like your friends I don't know <laughs> the entirety of this book would not happen if everyone had better communication <laughs> it, is, it is a miscommunication trope yeah that's accurate <laughs> And like the entirety, if everyone just you know actually spoke to each other, this whole book would happen. Especially <laughs> book two, the end of book two, like the way they left it. Like we'll get to that later. The way they left it, I'm like they're definitely gonna try to like release a book three or explore this arc in some way in the yeah. universe. Like they were wrapping up like Jin's time loop arc, so they had to start a new arc. But I'm like literally just talk to people like this could be solved in two <laughs> seconds this arc you're setting up like we don't need to have it like yeah but it is a k-drama in book form it's a telenovela in book form it's just soap opera like yeah yeah anyway move on move on moving yes. on to yungi well i think we have to do Jin, right because we are kind of uh, talking sorry. about Jin. yeah but not fully yeah so Jin is like your stereotypical rich kid um and he has stereotypical rich kid problems in the beginning, which is kind of a trope that they explore further with Hobie being like, why do I need to help this guy? Like he has, he's doing fine. <laughs> um, <clears throat> which anyway, so I think, why is he sent to the US? Does his mom die? He has to leave. Yes. I, was that the reason why he was sent to the US? I know his mom died. I know he went to the U.S. I don't know if it was because his mom died, I but whatever. It was, sure. I think it was because his mom died and his dad either couldn't yeah. cope or couldn't deal. So he sent him to be with his maternal grandmother. It's later revealed to be in L.A. Um, so it starts and he's leaving for America for, I think, two years. Um, but Jen's arc is not really clear to me at first. We find out that he has narked on all his friends and gotten Yungi expelled from school. Um, I wasn't really clear why or for what reason. Um, I didn't understand. Like, why is Jin always at an arm's length? And then literally, like, the opening pages of book two, it all clicked into place. But I basically had no idea what was going on with Jin for, like, all of book one. I was like, he's kind of, like, creepy Sundere, like, trying to arrange his friend's reunion. It's giving kind of creepy stalkers somewhat, like, you know, like, why is he trying to arrange all these meetups and, like, rebuild this web of people? And I'm like, it's just creepy, and I don't know what's happening. And then book two happens and it kind of becomes clear. But why did he snitch though? I still don't know. Cause I think Yoongi, Yoongi and JK. I remember that it was Yoongi and JK in the hangout room, right? The classroom turned storage as they call it. Um, I know Yoongi had been getting into trouble. For, like skipping classes drinking fighting general delinquency but i don't even know if it was fully clear like what the impetus was do you remember I don't like remember. what was the breaking point yeah someone i don't remember us. i don't remember why he snitched or did he did he did he feel like he had to snitch because 
he needed to like submit to like the authority of the principal for some reason or yeah, like because the principal true. and the dad had some kind of like which i don't even know if that was revealed at that point that they had some kind of like connection or relationship the full extent of the corruption was not revealed <laughs> but you're right he did i guess this is kind of why i'm confused there was a moment of like he comes back from america he's talking about his dad's obsession with status and you know making something of himself and hanging out with people that he thinks are appropriate and the principal is like i know you're gonna be a good kid right and he's kind of like yeah i i I mean, I don't think he says it explicitly, but he's having this internal dialogue about, like, wanting to be a good kid or, like... But is that enough to narc on your friends? Like, <laughs> he's hanging out in an abandoned classroom. Like, I don't know, just drift off and don't hang out with them. Like, it's not super clear to me what the, like, specific push was, unless he's just trying to show compliance. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. So anyway, the entire time in book one, I'm like, what's going on with the Jin? I don't really understand. Kind of a creeper trying to overcompensate for the past that he messed up. Um, and then in the beginning of book two, I understood the time jumping thing. Right. And he's trying to stop literally every member at some point from dying or suffering catastrophic injury. Um but then in book two, it's kind of revealed that for each cycle he relives or each time loop he resets, he's like losing more and more of his memories and he's losing more and more of his own personality. Um, and there were things alluded to, like, I was told there would be a price to pay and I met this weird cat. But like, where was the cat explained? It was like basically a footnote in book two. Is it in a music video? Did someone else explain it elsewhere? Like what's this cursed cat what's this metaphor <laughs> so the only other time i recall seeing the cat is in that trailer for the bts universe game and they actually show the cat and jen meeting the cat and he speaks with the cat and the cat is like asking him basically does he want to try and like rewind time to like save his friends but at what cost that's the only other time I remember seeing the cat. I mean, there's a reference to the cat. I would guess three quarters of the way through the book, like once he's finally, or maybe even later, once he's finally coming clean to his friends or realizing he's losing his memories, right? And then he reaches out to Tay to get his memories like restored or whatever. And he's having these mysterious headaches, but like nothing about the contract that he made with the cat is explained. Like nothing about like, where did he meet this cat? Was it in America? Was it... Like, at what point? It's very so, unclear. In the in the trailer, he meets the cat. Now, I don't know if he met the cat in, like, some dreams, because in the trailer, he's, like, on some beach. And I doubt he was on some beach in real life. But he meets the cat. <laughs> L.A. beach. <laughs> he meets the cat in, like, some beach. And the cat talks with him and tells him all that, right? Um, and obviously he agrees and makes this contract with the cat because that's why he starts doing this time traveling thing. And it happens on a very specific date. And I can't remember the date. It might have been in May or was it in August? I can't remember the date. But it happens on a very specific date where several events occur on that very same date. I think that's, is that the same date? Is that the same date that JK gets hit with a car? I think it's August 30th. 
<clears throat> or like end of August because it keeps coming back to August 30th as like their deadline. And sometimes they venture past August 30th, like explaining consequences, but then it jumps back to like May, June. Like most of the book is set like May, June, July, August, end of August is like a cycle reset. Yeah, I can't remember if it was the same day, but there was like several events that happened on the same date where he talks to this cat. Mm. But anyway. Interesting. It'd be important if I knew. Maybe I could find it while you're recapping. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and I should keep it moving because I'm looking at the time and I feel like Jin's arc alone could be like a three hour conversation. But basically in book two, you realize that every time Jin is like resetting something, trying to relive the past without having someone get injured, but eventually he loses the emotional ties that he has with them and he's becoming more and more self-centered like i think he's using the time loop to date this unnamed girl um and he's like trying to be the perfect boyfriend so i don't think his intentions are i don't think his intentions are bad his way of going about it is bad and not like forthcoming right like pretending he just like wants to work with animals or you know share earbuds were some of the examples we he's like using the time loop to his own benefit um so eventually, anyway, uh, Jin discovers, well, so his dad went to the same school as him, worried about, like, creating a dynasty and, like, family prestige. But it turns out that his dad also used to hang out in the classroom turned storage room. Um, and they can find his dad's name kind of, like, graffitied on the wall. And this becomes important later. Um, but basically, it turns out that his dad is super corrupt so his dad is a politician um i think it was kim chong june and this is fictional dad which like if i were jen's dad in real life i'd be like mm, what is this portrayal <laughs> right um but anyway he's is kind of or a very corrupt politician that's working to bring like a technology zone to the city but to do so he's willing to risk uh, basically extreme gentrification of the city and so this is how namjoon keeps like repeatedly dying in fires basically spoiler alert <laughs> um <laughs> but doesn't actually die in i guess the final iteration i was ready to like riot and throw this book i'm like i can't look at this train ever again um but basically his dad is super corrupt getting kickbacks from you know development and and like building companies but then for some reason basically anyone with power i think they say because the principal's in on it and the cops are in on it and it's just it's also giving like telenovela like everyone's in on this corruption so Jin op opts to expose his father in an attempt to make things right after he's had some of his like memories and emotions kind of restored um but of course you know, that gets Jin out of the time loop, but it turns out that that's leading to additional complications and Jin doesn't know like what's coming next is basically the extreme short version of this very long tale. I don't know if there's anything I left out about Jin's arc or anything else you want to add. I'm sure there's like 20,000 things, <laughs> but eh, for now, <laughs> we're good on Jin. So Yoongi, Min Yoongi, a mystery 
Also, like, the most bum character of all the characters. This dude is consistently drunk and sleeping on the street. Happens, like, every other chapter. I'm like, ah, yes, to be a man and to sleep outside on the street with no repercussions. But this isn't about that. Um, Yugi is, again, like, art imitating life. He is a producer. Um, Really into music. Loves the piano. How interesting. There's a lot of references I was picking up on, like Emily Dickinson, the thing with wings. Um, and I was like, oh my God, all of Wings saga. But like, again, I was not living the like army conspiracy theorist life. But Yugi's backstory is that his mom died in a fire. Um, and I guess he would play piano with her or she would like force him to take piano. Unclear how willing of a participant he was in his youth. Um, <laughs> From what I saw she played piano so he also played it i don't know if that's why he enjoyed playing it or just reminded him of her it seems like that's the reason but then there was a time when he was like i was taken back to hearing her like reprimanding me for playing the piano badly or something so Mm. i don't know i don't know what that was it could have just been a passing comment but yeah I i don't know if it was a theory that she died accidentally or she committed suicide as well huh by fire interesting i just remember the only thing i remember is he was like the access road is blocked and i'm like move the blockage like the fire truck's gotta get through so he had to stand there and watch his house burn down with his mom inside the house um while all his neighbors stared at him so you know insert emotional damage tiktok sound here um where was his dad he had no memories of his dad is that correct or his dad just like fell apart his dad was around that's true you're right because he was like his dad afterwards yeah yeah i just don't know why like where was the dad at the time of the fire or I don't think he speaks of him like I remember dad from like when my mom was around it's like after the fire he talks about his dad I think so he wasn't living with his dad but then moved in with his dad after his mom died I don't know if he like moved in with him or it's just like he doesn't talk of his dad until after his mom passes I see so that's why I'm like, where was the dad? Like, like where was the dad when the fire happened? I like, maybe I don't know. misremembering, but I think his dad also had substance abuse issues, like with alcohol, whether related to the death of the mom or separate. Mm. He talks about his destructive behavior in some way. Basically, there's a whole very kind, well, I would say kind of, but for some people, very triggering chapter where Hosok is talking about how suicidal Yoongi is and how like he can kind of try to help others like out of their mental funk or like you know he knows how to assist the others when they're feeling like kind of on the edge but with like Yoongi it's a different variable each time and so it's interesting because like even in the Bongchan universe I would say Hobie and Yoongi have this backstory that's not really explored like at one point Hobie says like I've known Yungi a really long time and like we've or we've known each other like the longest but Hobie also grew up at an orphanage so like did they go to middle school together 
I don't I don't know unclear i also saw watching one of the theory videos back which i didn't pick up on that tay ran into jen at a young age as well because tay was going to play with some dog that he liked that was out on the street and he saw jen playing with the dog and he was kind of like jealous but he went up to talk to jen and he learned that his name was jen like playing with the dog so like he met him at a young age as well so they know each other for like that long of a time or was it just i met him a while ago and like i knew of him but i didn't become like friends with him until we were in this classroom together yeah i don't know even how their friendship started is kind of tenuous it's like we were all late so we had to clean this room but then why are the teachers surprised that they're in that room if you put them in there to <laughs> clean it? Like I Maybe because they were know. supposed to only clean one time, but then it started being like, now I'm skipping class to go hang out with my friends in this room. I that see. was supposed to be detention, but it's not anymore. <laughs> now it's for fun. Party. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yoongi and JK also have a really um interesting relationship in the Bongtan universe where JK is kind of like Yoongi's little baby duck or like Yoongi is in some way special to JK and he can get through to him when others cannot. Um, So I thought that was an interesting dynamic that wasn't super explored, but um, yeah, I feel like there are certain friend pairings that are more prominent in the Bongtan universe, like Hobie and Jimin, Hobie and Yoongi. Um, Yoongi and JK, Namjoon and Tae. So, anyway. Um, but that's how he gets them all to save each other, essentially. Because he realized he couldn't do it himself. There had to be X person. There had to be, like, these with pairings. X member in order to, like, stop this terrible thing from happening with them. Yeah. Right? Like, Yoongi's thing is trying to K-word himself like all the time all the time <laughs> trying to light himself on fire um and jk is the only one who can save him like no matter what jen did jk was the only one who could save him yeah that's true which again at this point jungkook is in middle school do not like trauma dump your suicidal tendencies on a middle schooler like i just this entire book series i'm like whoo you all need therapy may i recommend therapy <laughs> like he probably has yeah. no idea that he's doing it um and yeah what what is the trauma of a person who has to like literally pull their friend out of a burning fire and he I mean, and doesn't know that he's doing it multiple times across universes <laughs> like different universes i know <laughs> he's saving him on multiple occasions from this fire <sighs> Even Tay, like, having these, re- well, we'll get to Tay in a minute, but having these repeated dreams of, like, K-wording his dad. And there yeah. was some cryptic comment where Jin's like, yes, you've done that hundreds of times. And I'm like, excuse me, are we going to, like, explore this? Or are we just going <laughs> to let this one slide? I don't know. I yeah. don't know. This is this is where, at least with the Yoongis, where I started noticing, like, the butterfly effect theories that, like... Mm-hmm if you mess up like one thing in one timeline it can like alter how things would happen another like they won't always happen the exact same way so that's why like yungi would 
sometimes be like in the practice room light himself on fire or sometimes he'd be in the hotel or motel whatever lighting oh, himself yeah. on fire. <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> bad time. i'm so sorry <laughs> anyway. that's why sometimes he would be in the motel lighting himself on fire but and then like it wouldn't always be the exact same date like so here's jen like struggling like, trying to like save yoongi because the butterfly f- effect is messing him up i with yoongi i also started to notice more of the magical realism elements or like the fantasy elements like he's hearing this ethereal uh, the army word ethereal but he's hearing this like phantom music on the wind that he can't identify and he goes on this like mad jog through the woods in the middle of the night like up a mountain and he like suddenly has this breakthrough with his music but then he like goes back down the trail but he's like right where he was and i'm like what's this (laughs) what's going on here you know so yeah i think you're right that yoongi is where you start to notice like some of the more like the butterfly effect the like mystical effect or like whatever yeah um hobie also giving me extreme k-drama vibes with his plot arc so he's abandoned at a young age as we discussed left at this orphanage he's kind of the glue that holds the squad together he's like the emotional regulator and we've heard that from Longton in real life so again i'm like art imitating real life um he seems to be the only one that can hold down like a stable job so like kudos to him for holding it down and working at the pizza joint this is like a another- star burger <laughs> it's a burger joint <laughs> two star burger okay i was thinking about the word joint specifically which is why i said pizza joint this is one of those weird translation moments where like they never call it a burger place or like it's always joint they always use the word joint (laughs) and i was like i mean it's not wrong it's actually not wrong but the repetition and like lack of word variation is throwing me off um and there was one time when namjoon and tae were like we're gonna go have a look-see and i'm like again this word is not wrong but it's like something a child or like a 90 year old granny would say so it's just like things that are slightly off and i'm like my eye is twitching slightly um anyway this isn't about that um hobie working at the burger joint not pizza joint the burger joint two-star burger um he is he has narcolepsy but not really it also feels wrong to me how well how they describe like medical conditions and like jimin's mental illness and like i was like i don't know what's going on here but i know people that have narcolepsy and i know people that have like experienced seizures or have epilepsy as well and i'm just like this seems off. well the whole point is because he has what is it is it mm, i don't know how to pronounce it munchauser monk munchauser syndrome i didn't even know that is it mentioned i don't know how to pronounce book? it is this a theory what is this he doesn't he doesn't say it but he gets to a point where he says i lied like i don't really have yeah. narcos, right he does say but that, yeah in the wings trailer i believe it's his trailer he signs some form and it says that on there. 
he's like signing some form and it says like Munchausers. I don't know how you pronounce that Munchausers syndrome. It says pretends to be ill or deliberately produces symptoms of illness in themselves. Their main yes. intention is to assume the sick role so that people care for them. And they're the yes. center of attention. Oh, okay. Well, I missed that part. And I'm like, what's this? Um, so Hobie plays a pivotal role for a lot of the characters, but he... His timing is impeccable, and he busts Jimin out of the mental institution that Jimin's in, the mental hospital, because Jimin happens to be there for surgery because he got into a fight. Um, But as Jimin is, like, rebuilding his independence, Hobie kind of guides him to this Just Dance dance crew. Hello, Just Dance. I'm like, what's this? Again, right? Um, But... Both of them, both Hobie and Jibin, have unnamed female dance partners um, at this dance crew or dance troupe that they're part of. Um, Hobie has a story arc with his dance partner where she's supposed to be like going abroad for something. That's not really explored further, except that she gets injured at one point. It's a dance like another dance company or whatever like in the u.s yeah or something like that yeah so i think it's kind of like this he talks about like traveling abroad a lot or hobie's the one that talks the most about like Jin's privilege compared to the rest of them so i think he has some kind of like unexplored feeling of like lack of opportunities and wants to like have the same opportunities that his dance partner has or that Jin has because at his burger joint they say like if you stick with in one of the time loops like if you stick with us you can study abroad um on the company dollar whatever and that's like one of the times he comes closest to leaving the story arc which actually now that i'm saying it hobie is the one that repeatedly tries to leave the town so that's interesting um but the main arc for Hobie that's like very K-drama-y is that Jimin trips and falls and is freaked out by his injury and his blood and he like runs out of the room but when he falls he also knocks over his female dance partner who then is like completely conked out um, and Hobie carries her in the rain to the hospital but he messes up his ankle just like slipping on something small and so there's these discussions of like having to give up his dream of dancing or he meets like a creative director who suffered an injury um, but still finds passion in other ways. And so he goes on a literal and metaphorical like journey of healing in both time loops, but he has to travel elsewhere to like achieve that healing and leave his daily life. I'll be honest, his little story arc where he goes and he goes to that little dance troupe, I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Like, I know <laughs> what was going on. I understood what was going on, but I was just like, what? Like, okay, can we, like, this sounds awful. Can we get back to, like, whatever <laughs> else was going on? Like, it was it was dragging. I don't know why it was dragging. <laughs> I was like, I'm not understanding. Like, I feel like his storyline for that was, like, extremely long, whereas, like, everyone else's was kind of like, okay, maybe Nam June's was kind of long. But, like, I don't know. I felt like that one was, like, dragging in particular for me. I don't know why. I didn't mind it. 
but it didn't go anywhere. Like I was like, oh, Hobie's about to like have this mentor that went through the yes! same thing he went through, or like he's about to have this like breakthrough moment. And then he's like, and then I never saw that guy again. And I was like, what was all this then? <laughs> like exactly. That's why it was dragging for me. It was like, where where do we just go with that? That went nowhere. He just comes back, and it's like, okay. It's funny so... too because he's supposed to be like taking it easy. Like he's in a cast. He took a leave from work. He had to like leave his daily life. He couldn't. You know, he was stressing his leg, protesting for the orphanage in the final time loop. But yet he can go and be like a stagehand and go on tour with this group and he heals somehow. And then in the other one, he's like doing something with the local community, you know, theater group, which he's like, they're okay. They're not great. (laughs) Right. But like, and he suddenly heals again. And I'm like, I feel like manual labor is off the table. This is what I was wondering. Was he even, did he injure himself at all? Or did he injure himself to the extent that he was making it seem like he injured himself? Because I think at one point in the book, Namjoon even notices that like, he like he uh, did he like walk up on Jin really quick and he, he like noticed that like he, he wasn't even like limping at all or whatever like he was fine. So I was like, did he, was his foot actually hurt at all? Was it hurt as long as he was implying that it was? Because I'm like, how are you a stagehand for this dance group? And you've you've hurt your leg. That's how actually are you helping fascinating. Them? I think you're onto something here. Because I didn't pick up that he had this other syndrome that you mentioned. But if it's like pretending to be ill for attention or something, then like actually leaving his daily life and going somewhere else and having like a break like would heal him regardless of what he was doing physically and there were numerous times where namjoon's like he was running on crutches or he chased after the train or like we ran through the city together and i was like this all seems like bad to do (laughs) i was like this doesn't make sense but actually i think he probably wasn't injured but he had something mentally emotionally spiritually whatever that he needed to work through that was manifesting in quotes physically or he was acting like it was you know Mm. that's interesting also i forgot to mention but when you mentioned namjoon's story arc was dragging why was he calling this other delivery guy tay like there's something not unpacked there like (laughs) he he had a name and he said his name it's like jonghyun or like something And he just calls him Tay, and then he's talking about the two Tays back and forth when he's telling Tay about what happened to, like, delivery guy, fake Tay. He just said it reminded him. He just reminded him of Tay. Well, Kalea, you remind me of someone named Jenny, so I'm just going to call you Jenny from now on. Like, what is that? (laughs) What is that? Yeah. Anyway, we're not circling back to Namjoon, but you were talking about, like, weird things that dragged out. I'm like, we don't need all this detail. But it's just interesting how, like, long I feel like they they, they focused on... I feel like they focused on Namjoon for a long time, and they focused on Hobie for a long time, but I feel like for the other characters, they kind of did Tay. They they did focus on Tay, but I feel like it wasn't as, like, long as JK it was, was for, like, Namjoon and Hobie. JK's non-existent, in almost. In book two, he's barely there. Yeah, we get Jimin's story, but I feel like that wasn't as much. Same thing with Yoongi. Like, I don't know. I thought I it was will say there was a lot of Yoongi drunkenly staggering around places or having like crises in the woods, as I mentioned. But there wasn't like that... a lot of plot. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't like a lot of story behind like 
why I'm okay we know why because of the fire that happened right but there was i just feel like there was a lot more emphasis on like namjoon and like hovi stories specifically than there was like for the other members i don't know i could be wrong in that and there was some discussion of like yoongi and his goals and like music production and what he wanted to have from like making this song that he's working on but again it wasn't really plot furtherance it was just yeah yeah um okay we did hobie uh jimin yeah, as you said, he's not super explored. I wanted to talk about this is end of book two. This is like extreme trigger. I mean, this whole conversation has been, but like, what exactly did Jimin witness at the Arboretum at the end? Because he's His having this simultaneous dude. like flashback. So basically at the end of book two, after Jin has decided to face his entire situation head on, Jimin is inspired by Jin's situation and goes back to the arboretum which was like his i hope i'm pronouncing that word correctly but anyway like his trauma focal point right it's never really explored throughout the arc we know he experienced some trauma at this flower arboretum and since then has experienced seizures of some kind and so his family really cares about also family prestige and like having a good kid so they repeatedly have him committed or have him transfer schools every time excuse me so a lot of jimin's story arc is dealing with confinement or fear of the broader world but i would say it's kind of done at the superficial level like as you said jimin doesn't get the same treatment that the some of the other members have but then all of a sudden at the end in his one of his final chapters he goes back there and he is revisiting the story arc And it is also kind of magical realism because, like, it's sunny, it's sunny. He goes back to the place of his trauma. It's suddenly storming. He processes his trauma and then the rain stops, right? But he, it was unclear to me, was he the kid that was experiencing abuse at the hand of the adult? Did he witness the other kid there and leave him? Because he drops a name that's not his own name. So I was like, is this his own persona or is this someone else he witnessed being abused by an adult and then okay so go back (laughs) tell tell about how he got there (laughs) so he's on a school field trip right he's in elementary school yeah and he goes into this arboretum storage shed trying to get shelter because it's like pouring raining like torrential raining um and he sees some kid bound Tied I don't up. know if he was gagged, but just like yeah. tied up, bruised, cut, um, and trying to like cut his way through these mm, ties or whatever in this storage closet that he wasn't supposed to be in. And then he sees some person, an adult figure, I guess, go into this room and close the door, and the kid's like screaming and wailing. Um, and Jimin runs away. But I don't think the person ever saw him. And he never, like, went back for the kid or, like, told anybody about what happened. So that's why he's experiencing all this trauma. Correct. But, like, I also had the same thought. Like, was that... Did that really happen? Or he was being, like, tortured? But I think there's some, like, news article either in the back of the book or on a... I don't know, somewhere where it, like, talks about another kid with the last name Chue who's like five years old who was the one who was found like later 
So the kid didn't die. He but he was found later somewhere else, hmm. also like tied up or something like that. So it was I the thought same the kid, kid did die. So that's a good detail. No. But, so yes, yeah. the kid didn't die. I was wondering. Mm, yeah, Jimin provides another name, but the way it's written was very confusing because he's experiencing it as an adult and it's also raining, but then he's having flashbacks to like being a small child and witnessing this. Yeah. But he's, as we said, he seems to like have witnessed a lot or I don't know. The fade to black like makes me think it's like something even worse that like the writer didn't want to like fully dive into if you catch my drift, but maybe I'm just being extremely like dark minded. No, I had the same thoughts. Like, did he experience some kind of abuse at the hands of somebody else? And, like, he's internalizing it in that movie-esque way? Yeah. Or, or, did it, or is that really what happened, but he's just traumatized by seeing that and him not doing anything about it? Or, I don't know. It would explain that deep-seated fear he had of, like, the broader world and, like, uncontrolled environments. Like, his character actually doesn't seem to mind the confinement at the, like, mental hospital so much. You know what I mean? Because it's, like, yeah, controlled environment and he knows how to play the system, kind of. So, yeah. I don't know. Jimin's story was, like, very dark, but it was also... A, the, like, climax scene of his story was, like, very confusing, as we just discussed, but also, like, a lot of it was kind of, like, brushed over. He didn't really yeah, get the full exploration of his story arc. I was trying to figure out, so is he, is he, is he afraid of water at all? Or it's just because it was, like, raining that day that there's some, like, connection with the water thing? Because, like, what is that running theme throughout the music videos where... I don't know, he kind of almost has, like, this aversion to, like, water. That's a good And then point. he, ultimately, I, I think, the way he tries to K-word himself is by drowning himself in the tub. Yeah. And the way to stop that is, Hobie is, like, his answer. Like, yeah. JK was for Yoongi, Hobie also being in the hospital. And then, adversely, Jimin is Hobie's answer to stop him from... Did he almost like fall in the stairwell at one yeah. point chasing some woman that he thought was his mother as well and Jimin yeah. like stopped him and like Jin would set it up so that Jimin would stop him mm -hmm. I so. didn't understand that though because there was one in one of the time loops Jin said something like I didn't think Hobie would get confused by this woman who was like clearly too young to be his mom and had like a small child but then he did so I don't know if that was a learning from like a prior loop and that's why he made sure Jimin was there in the repetition loop I don't know I'm thinking so yeah that makes sense I remember being like, what? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> That's pretty much my reaction to like both of these books. It's just like, what is happening? What is right going now? on? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, I know, but also like, what is going on? Um, yeah. Tay's arc is kind of weird. I would say, like, if Namjoon and Hobie get the most depth, Tay is probably third in line for like the most screen time or book time or whatever you want to call it. Um, First of all, they treat graffiti like hardcore delinquency, and maybe my like American side is showing again, but I'm like, it's not that serious. Like, 
they're like Tay's been here I'm like the entire city is his turf first of all <laughs> they're like his art is everywhere he did it on the side of the police station I'm like <laughs> what is going on like I don't know and then he keeps getting arrested for graffiti I'm like you literally have arsonists out here and like <laughs> you have all kinds of other stuff going on do not worry about the kid tagging the sides of buildings like I promise you it's okay but anyway Tay his dad is, I mean, if you've seen, is it I Need You and yeah. Run? And like, yeah, I mean, but I Need You is basically Tay's story arc. His dad is super abusive towards him and his sister and like makes scenes with the neighbors. Tay repeatedly says we get beaten like dogs. So that was particularly violent imagery. Um, His mom left them when he was also a kid. And I think in book two, it's revealed that he followed her like all the way to some place, but didn't actually reach out to her. And he repeatedly tries to go to her new apartment, like her new neighborhood, once with JK. And then later he gets the ad her address from a previously not mentioned uncle who owns some kind of, uh, I think, a barbecue place. Um, but he I don't know like what's this repetition of like he goes to her place he goes to her place but he never actually sees her or like interacts with her she comes out and is chain smoking and their last interaction and he's on the swing set but they don't talk like nothing is explored so it's a lot of like false starts but Tay's basically constantly getting arrested for graffitiing buildings getting beat up or chasing down his mom yeah Taze was rough. Like, it was hard for me to be like, okay, so... Like, why are you still there? Like, why don't you and your sister go somewhere? Go to your mom. Yeah, why, why didn't she take go? them with her? Why don't you both go to the mom? I see that at least there's, like, a recurring theme in, like, dramas where, like, the mom just, like, leaves. Like the mom just goes. It doesn't take the kids. Like they just she just goes. I don't know what that is. I feel like in the US, the mom would have no problem getting custody in like an extremely abusive situation as they describe. Not to mention he has a maternal uncle right there. Why not go stay with him? Like I just don't understand. I I guess because the dad was around, so it wasn't like you're gonna go to a different relative. It just seemed like nobody cared about him being yeah. abused. Like, it had to be obvious. I'm pretty sure the cops were getting called. Like, it was clear his dad was a drunk. Like, like Tay, like, would go and fetch him, like, off the streets. Like, it was was there no point where I said, okay, like, we're going to put you in jail because you're a drunk. Like, or but, we're going to put you in jail because you're a hazard. Or we're going to put you in jail because you're an abuser. Like, I don't know. There was, like, no point where the dad is, like, going to jail and staying not there. Not even like, jail, but, like, Alcoholics Anonymous. Like, rehab. Like, something. clearly there's a pattern of behavior here. And no something. one does anything. Like, because as you say, they describe the neighbors, like, talking about their family behind their back. The cops all know Tay by name from him graffitiing shit, But also, like, bars calling him, you know, to pick up his dad or, like, public disturbance things. Yeah, but they had I, to know he was also getting his beat. Well, they describe him regularly with like ripped clothes, a busted lip, to scratched up. 
like the other guys like i mean right they're like he's such a good kid he deserves better i'm like go live in namjoon's shipping container for crying out loud like i don't know that's why i'm like at one point okay don't want to do anything about the dad being a drunk or like whatever else situation but like clearly this these two people are being abused is there no point where you're like let's remove the children from the home right <laughs> like i don't i just don't understand this or like yeah why don't you two like try and go stay with the mom or was it was just like you abandoned us so i'm not trying to have anything to do with you like you left us there because the mom was like i don't want no part of this children included which is crazy i know actually now that we're talking about it i think i struggled the most with namjoon and Tay's storylines because namjoon until he left and he actively talks about like his self-doubt and like um you know questioning the fact he left his family and his younger sibling as well and maybe that's why he and tay have this closer relationship that i commented on but like (sighs) namjoon is just completely 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 worn down by like familial pressure and the family he was born into like he is killing himself for every dollar right like literally that's the arc in the village is like it would have been him and same thing with tay like he is in this horrible situation and it's easy as like i mean this is fiction so i don't want it to seem like victim blaming but like it's easy to be like why doesn't he leave but like tay too is just taking care of his dad that's obviously a hazard to him and like it's like familial loyalty or familial duty or familial burden over your own well-being and maybe that's like a cultural lens eyes in american do not have because i'd be like 100 percent is like (laughs) you're done you relinquish your claim to me when you treat me like garbage yeah it's probably like one of the most american things i've said on the podcast so yeah 100 percent. that is like a cultural thing that me as an american is not able to like wrap my head around yeah like i was preserve self (laughs) yeah when self is in danger (laughs) but there's like family ties there that you have to tend to so yeah i mean no family is perfect but these guys being like ground into the dirt by those that are supposed to like take care of them is just there were hard storylines for me too but it's almost like i can i can almost (laughs) maybe too american of me i can almost understand namjoon's situation where he doesn't leave but it's i can understand tay not leaving of course being in a uh at the center of abuse and there's like so many like nuances and elements that goes into abuse and you feeling kind of like i don't want to say like stockholm syndrome but almost like you can't leave right Mm -hmm. so there's probably a lot of that there as well but i don't know i was just like please leave like there was so many opportunities i was like please leave i don't know (laughs) i do think the difference between to your point between namjoon's story and tay's story is like namjoon is being ground down by the weight of his family's like health situation and debt and like is being forced to give up opportunities and like being put into dangerous situations but it's not his family members specifically perpetrating that danger like they're the cause of it but it's more indirect whereas tay's dad is literally the one like hitting him and beating him 
you yeah. know what I mean? Like Namjoon's family is not really discussed and he does maintain contact with them. Other than that, like they require a lot of him. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. Tay's story is really rough. Um, as we said, JK does not have that much of a story arc. He's barely in the second book. Um, wait, I before think- you start on JK. Oh yeah. I did also want to mention that like Jen saves Tay because of Hobie, right? He yeah. could not stop Tay from like going to kill his dad. I think at one point Jen also gets stabbed himself. Like Tay stabs him instead of his dad. But I don't know if it was by accident or whatever, but yeah. And then so the point, the way to save Tay from killing his dad and going to jail is to have Hobie go home with him at the point where he's going to kill his dad. So he doesn't instead. Like, that's Hobie true. Pretty much saves him. Because Jin tells the cops, like, if this kid gets arrested again, like, have them call hobie yeah yeah i think is there an arc near the beginning where tay tries to kill himself as well when he jumps off that thing yeah yeah i don't know what that was it's like i think it's kind of implied i don't know if it's fully said but yeah the same thing kind of happens with jk and his arc I think it's also implied that Jin tried to unalive himself to stop the time loop or whatever from happening, and it doesn't work either. It literally is like Groundhog Day trauma version. Yeah. (laughs) They keep, like, waking up, and he's like, oh, the loop started again, so. Yeah. 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 Okay, back to JK. Yeah, so JK is, once again, the Maknae. He's in middle school when it starts out. I don't know how they meet him if he's in middle school and they're all in this classroom. Actually, here's a time loop question for everyone. Because they're all (laughs) in that classroom together, but he's in middle school, so maybe it's the same building. But he is kind of like the lost duckling of the squad. He doesn't have a strong personality. He follows Yoongi around, he follows Tay around when um, you know, Tay goes to walk to, like 10 miles to his mom's neighborhood at like 4am. Tay's like, oh, I'm being followed. <laughs> Not remotely alarmed. Oh, it's JK. Like, me walking at night. <laughs> different <laughs> different reaction, but okay. Um, anyway, I'm just also not walking at 4 in the morning. Um, but <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know if school bullying is alluded to because JK talks about not fitting in and like other kids thinking he's weird. And so like, these are some of the first people that he feels comfortable with or like accepts him as he is in the first book. So JK gets hit by a car pretty much in every single loop. Um, And it's usually either after they've gone to the beach together or they have some fight at Namjoon shipping container um it's usually in some period like right before they break up so in the first i don't know if it's the first loop or the first discussed loop no one actually realizes that he's injured for 20 days again like really great friends you have going on here but um he 
I guess really the main action that he has, other than like saving Yoongi numerous times, is he in one arc gets hit by Jin's car and he well, knows there was something before that, wasn't it? Doesn't he like purposely like tries to get himself beat up? And then he tries to jump off of a building to yeah. unalive himself. And yes. Jen is like, hold on, don't do that. So he like has Yoongi call him and Yoongi is like the one who saves him from jumping off of the building. That is correct. And he also stands like on a bridge and is talking about the like river below him and how it's like this dark abyss at night and the abyss is like calling up to him. So yeah, he has... Jin sets it up so like in the same way that JK has been trailing Yoongi for a long time. Yoongi pops up to save jk um but i don't know if jk's like motives are ever fully explored like what what's his specific trauma they talked about his family like very briefly and i don't know if his mom was being abused but his dad leaves him and he feels like he's the reason why his dad leaves Oh, Wasn't yeah, his mom like sending him fake cards at some point, like for his birthday, and he realizes it wasn't really from his dad or something like that, or I don't yeah. remember. There's You're some right. something about his dad there. There's a line where he says, "Like I was the kid that was like never worth staying for," in conjunction with his dad leaving, and then his mom was like, "Yeah, this birthday card's never coming. Like this is just who your dad is." So, yeah. yeah dad issues so the whole premise is like he has no family like the rest of the gang essentially becomes his family which is why he's so like glued to them like he is and that is the quote on i think the back cover of book one it's like on the book flap he was like and in that moment i realized you know these men were my family or something like that you know these friends were family so you're right yeah and actually, that makes more sense in setting up book two with, like, JK's paranoia and this, like, weird arc that they were setting up for book three. Like, if JK has never had a family and he's latching on to these friends as family in an almost, like, maybe obsessive is too strong of a word, but, like, he's very dependent or, like, overly reliant on them if he feels that they've betrayed him then like of course he's gonna react extremely negatively but basically jk assumes a lot he gets hit by a car that he seems to recall is Jin's car which i've seen enough k dramas that we could also assume that Jin is not the one driving the car like it could have been his dad or his corrupt uncle out on a late night like joyride in his car or something right um but anyway just like literally anybody else with the truck yeah, and he's like, oh, there's a slight dent on Jin's back bumper. Maybe he sucks at parallel parking. I don't know. But the way they described it there was like, yeah, he has a scratch on the side of his car. And I just feel like if you hit somebody with a car, it would be a little bit more than like a scratch on the side of the car. It may have been Jin, though, because there are some things explored in book two where he's like, I immediately took it to the car dealer, you know, and when the dealer called the police i like called him out you know being like how dare you suspect me you know and like why was he going there to like there could be some crazy convoluted explanation right 
given how the rest of this book is but the day after the wreck he takes his car to get like all sorted out you know well jen's explanation was that he had one of them crazy headaches trying to remember stuff closed his eyes like kind of veered off to the side of the road hit a guardrail and so that's why he mm. his car was messed up and he took it in to get it fixed so it could have been jen blacked out hitting jk as well but I, yeah, I also had know. the thought when Jin starts losing his memories, it's possible at some point that he doesn't know what's real and what's not or like what actually happened in one of those universes and what didn't. So maybe he did hit JK in one of those universes and he just doesn't remember that he did. Like he's remembering some other universe where he hit the guardrail instead of JK. But, like, in the timeline that he's in now, like, no, actually, he hit JK with his car. <laughs> like, he... not loving just the chaos. Just does the that chaos. make sense? Like, yeah. like no, it's it a possibility that he hit JK with his car in one of these universes, doesn't remember it, doesn't remember which timeline he's in, because he's been in, like, 500 at this point. But yeah. in this reality, he actually did hit JK with the car and just doesn't remember the actual events that occurred in his current timeline because he's time traveled so much or i've also seen a theory that he hit jk with a car on purpose to try to stop jk from doing something like destructive there was a comment in the chapter like either immediately before or after jk gets hit by this car that he thinks is Jin, where Jin's like he says something along the lines of like small things can be tolerable and it's the energy was like it's this or something worse right like jk doesn't actually die from being hit so this kind of goes back to the butterfly effect like maybe for some yet unexplained reason Jin or someone like jk has to be in a car crash so if that's the case then like Jin mildly hits him not really because he's like injured yeah. right but like it's that or something else. So there was something about Jin's like, you know, as long as certain details align, things like are okay or this like cycle works out. So I was also like, maybe he had to hit him or like everything unravels, you know, because there's constant yeah. talk of like this web. So I don't know. But basically, Jin supposedly Jin hits jk with his car and then it's never discussed and then they're all friends to jk and like barely go to see him or talk to him or think about him because they're busy uncovering this corruption scandal and like figuring out the whole map of the soul arc and like how to get Jin out of these time loops and then at one point they're like oh yeah jk's in the hospital but we the point have- was that it was like i don't want to involve jk in this because he needs to like heal right like right. I, you know i know at least yungi alluded to that yeah. i don't remember if the other members also alluded to that but it was like let's not tell jk about this because he needs to focus on healing but That's they true. did also just forget about him being or they didn't know he was in the hospital for like days <laughs> which is also messed up because it's like he's following you around like a little duck how do you not know where jk is for 20 days nobody was like let's check up on jk like, that what? is a recurring theme that no one knows <laughs> no one like notices jk even in this friend group again under the category of like crap friends they throw a party for jk when he gets out of the hospital and it's like a tense, awkward party because at this point, like Jin is still having headaches. They lie to him to get him to go. They're all in Namjoon's shipping container. 
Hobie's running late from his part-time job. Anyway, the vibes are off. The vibes are not immaculate. And they're like having this fight. And then uh, JK is convinced that everyone is sneaking around without him. Well, okay, let me back it up. So at the time when Yugi explicitly says, let's not involve JK in this because he needs to heal. JK calls Jimin because they were at the hospital trying to talk to that guy that has outpatient therapy or whatever. And JK sees them outside the hospital and Jimin's like, no, I'm, I'm not available. I'm not like around. I don't know where he says he is. I don't remember, but he basically says he's not there. So JK's like, why are you lying though? You know? So <laughs> he starts to get suspicious and then more and more they're excluding him, like him from this because they're unraveling this big mystery. They want him to heal they're busy with their own stuff. And I guess he sees them talking about something. Maybe it's at the party or maybe elsewhere, but he thinks that they are all in on Jin hitting him and they know, and they're like taking Jin's side against him or, you know, covering for Jin and lying to JK when they're really not even talking about that like if you think people are talking about you they're probably not talking about you <laughs> just in general but he starts to get really paranoid and so they have this party um and he's already suspecting them and he's in like a bad mood so he leaves and it's not even until like half an hour hour later Jimin's like where's JK like they are really not paying attention to this kid so his paranoia their neglect he starts to go to these like pc bomb computer rooms and we can cut this if this is too extreme but he's giving like mad school shooter energy oh my god he talks about like the bodies falling at his feet he's playing all these like violent shooter games and he's literally envisioning his friends as these characters in this game as he's shooting them yes I thought at one point when they like got together, I don't know if that was at the very end of the book where like Jen explains everything that happened to him. I thought at one point he was going to shoot them somehow. Not that like guns are like that over there in Korea, but like the way they were setting that up like that, I was like, is he going to go full like school shooter on them? Like that's absolutely terrifying. Like what is this arc? This was it was scary. It was getting really scary. And it's unresolved. It's super just left open ended. So I think they are setting up like a jungkook really messed up origin story or maybe they have it and have opted not to release it <laughs> giving everything but they're setting up this like really nuts miscommunication trope for book three and then there's this crazy epilogue which i have no idea what to make of the years and dates are x'd out and jk's like falling into an abyss that's also the moon like what was that epilogue yeah it was weird so I saw that, okay, some of the epilogue was not the same, but it's almost the exact same story from when he gets hit by a car. And he's also approached by this cat, same cat that approaches Jen, which like moral of the story is don't F with cats. <laughs> Do not trust them. <laughs> um, the cat is also like saying he he lets him know it's going to be harder for you to live than it is for you to die. You still want to keep going. And so it's kind of hinted at that JK is going to make some kind of contract with this cat, just like he did with Jen. But what is it going to be that he's going to 
what contract is he setting up with this cat? Because Jin's whole thing was, my friends are like effing up. I'm trying to like undo time. I need to go back in time so I can fix stuff. So the cat gives him like this ability to go back in time and fix stuff. What the heck is the cat going to help JK with? It could be, now that you say it, JK could already also be in some time loops because he might not even realize or like, cause that it's going to hurt more to live than to die comes up every single time he's hit by a vehicle, whether it's Jin, whether it's, you know, the first loop where they don't realize for 20 days after they go to the beach, that quote came up like three or four times. So is he like rehearing the words of his contract in his head at every like restart? Is he, and maybe that's why Jin hit him with his car because he didn't have to like force quit and restart when Jin hit him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. It's interesting that you mentioned that because I did see in another theory video where someone was talking about film out, which I feel like is the last of like what we have for the BTS universe. Um, there's like scenes where like Jin kind of like isn't recognized by like the majority of the group but for some reason like jk can like notice him or like jen jen has like an hourglass and like you know hourglass is like representing time like all this other stuff um his hourglass was full so that means that he was starting in like a time loop but then there's also like an hourglass next to jk and he notices this hourglass and i don't remember if his was turned over or he just notices an hourglass, but like no one else does. So there was almost like an implication there in film out that JK may also be in his own kind of time loop at the same time that Jen is also in a time loop. So possible theory there. We could also be in like sense, but Jen was having his like villain arc, his villain time loop arc kind of at the beginning where he's unfeeling, he's changed, right? Like we can see what will happen to him because his dad was also doing the time loops, right? But like made some kind of mistake or made different choices, not really explored what choices his dad made. But um, I mean, this like weird video game addiction, ultra violent, bitter JK could be his, yeah villain arc as well i don't want There's villain all- jk he was so sweet in the story <laughs> he was like the one i mean he had his issues too don't get me wrong but like him yeah. and hobie were the two like somewhat keeping it together yeah ish but it's interesting because i feel like there's these over like this overarching narrative of like good versus evil and like jen kind of like trying to balance that or like you know you get bad guy Jin's dad and I don't know sometimes you get bad guy Jin but he's trying to like do good so you have like good JK in the beginning possibly like turning evil like turning on his friends and maybe they're going to explore more of that evil side in like the third book I don't know but I found that interesting as well unless this is yet another failed arc of Jin's and he doesn't realize yet like this is his closest he got to perfection and it's still wrong (laughs) so but that would be really repetitive to read a whole nother like from a narrative standpoint a whole nother Jin arc like I think it's JK's turn to be the main character in the book series yeah and 
we kind of didn't like touch on like the whole overarching like i guess the entire plot of like the second book of him trying to find the map of the soul and he realizes that like he can't undo what he has to do is he has to like forgive himself and like learn to love himself in order for things to like i don't want to say progress or just be like right or he has to accept things as they are which is what he had a problem with for the entirety of like book one like (laughs) like just accept things as they are and like accept your shortcomings and your failures and all that other stuff like you can't fix this stuff so i feel like that whole time travel thing should be closed at least on jen's part like there's nothing else that he can do like he shouldn't be able to like start over again like wrap that up we're done like he also said so when namjoon almost died a second time in the canister fire because his crazy corrupt uncle committed an act of arson um which we didn't touch on i know we just brushed over that i was pissed because there were like 10 pages left and i was like i swear to god if this loop ends and namjoon is still dead i'm burning all these books like isn't that how book two starts like he thought he was done like he's like i saved them then it was like no yeah. namjoon dies and it can't survive <laughs> yep. he's like damn it I gotta know, start exactly <laughs> i know so i was like real sweaty and nervous from the beginning of book two i was like oh no especially when he's talking about like I can't change everything. I have to accept it, you know? And then he's like, ha, 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 ha. Like, I don't know what the future is now because I'm out of these loops. I don't know what's happening next. I can't predict it. And I'm like, if the outcome is the same. (laughs) Oh my God. Like, I was ready to fight. I'm like looking at how many pages are left and I'm like, you're not going to do this to me, right? You're not doing this to me. And luckily it's So he saves him luckily (laughs) but they drag it out also because there's like a kid in namjoon's shipping container they pull the kid out the window then some like namjoon's out the kid is in namjoon runs in to save the kid some like construction supplies fall over and block the door then like the window on namjoon's shipping container which like why does it have a window but okay it has bars covering it and so they're trying to remove the grill and they hand out this kid and like Namjoon's arm is like not really fitting. I'm like, I swear if we have to have a long drawn out like K-drama goodbye where his like shipping container is burning, I will riot. And then they're like, his arm extended. And I'm like, thank the Lord. <laughs> but it was so drawn out. I was sweating profusely the entire time. Yeah yeah that was pretty wild i was like in no universe not even these fictional bangtan universes can it end like this (laughs) and even going back when does doesn't jen beat tay's ass at one point that happened in the book or did it only happen in like the game or something it might honestly again 600 pages was it blood sweat and tears japanese version Jen is beating Tay's ass in this music video, right? I think they also fit that somewhere in, like, the game. I think it was in the book. Maybe not. But in the game, Tay is like, what is the point of us all being together? Like, what does it all matter? And Jen is like, yeah. you know how many times I've gone back <laughs> and tried to save your ass? And he, like, <laughs> and I get in a fist fight. <laughs> we have food at home fight. Like, I don't know exactly. what is this. Like, you like don't how dare you say food. that? Yeah. <laughs> Because Jen starts confessing about, like, 
oh yeah, when I was in school, I snitched that one time, then you got expelled and I feel bad for that. And Tay was like, bro, I'm not trying to talk about that. I'm trying to figure out why I'm seeing you in my dreams. And I'm like going (laughs) through all this stuff and I'm like watching everybody die and you're not trying to tell me anything. I know you know something. I don't care about what you did in high school, which was Fugazi anyway. You should have never did that. (laughs) But why are you talking about that now? I do not care. (laughs) What does it matter? (laughs) That is true. They do fight. I don't. Yeah, they they do fight. You're right. Because Tay's like, I'm having these extremely violent, like futuristic dreams. And also, it's hilarious. Like, Yungi's been this like volatile, ultra drunk, like live wire, basically. And um, Jen's like, oh, yeah, I'm the reason you were expelled from school. And he's like, well, it would have been nice to know back then but it's water under the bridge now. And I'm like, that's it? That's all we get? That's so out of character. Like, I'm ready to see you yeah. fight. But why does they have those visions? I feel like they didn't even really, like, expand on that either. That was just, like, this outlier where Tay's just having these visions and, like, they're not visions. He's literally seeing other universes. Like, note to Doctor Strange. I know, right? Which hasn't come out yet. Like, note to Doctor Strange too. Tay's literally seeing other universes in his dreams and doesn't realize it. That's the They just, like, yeah. didn't explain that. I was gonna How say, we talked power? about Yoongi and, like, realizing something's going on. I'm like, Tay's dreams, is he psychic? Like, what's going on? And then I was like, yeah, he is psychic. He's literally seeing the future. Not only does he see other universes, he sees the future in the universe that is coming to pass. Because he and Namjoon go on that wild goose chase through the city looking for this like four-leaf clover chair store with a coffee um, billboard behind it. And they can't find it. And it turns out that like there was an energy drink billboard, but then they start to change it to coffee and they're like, holy crap. Stronger, yeah, like, like your dreams are real, like, and then they don't touch on that at all, they just leave it. I know, and then they're like, Oh, these dreams are real, we need to talk to Jin, but like, let's not figure out why Tay's having these trippy dreams. That's gonna be book four, probably. Book three is JK's villain arc, book four is Tay as a psychic in every universe. So, Tay, or so Jin comes to the realization that. The, about the map of the soul and he sits down he tells everybody about it and then they're like ah oh, weird sandstorm yeah yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> they have to say the storm at the beginning too the first time they go to the beach so is that what that is i don't know they're like ah sandstorm but and like the other members are just like huh. <laughs> like man's went through like 500 different like versions of their like lifetime and they're just like huh. <laughs> <laughs> or is it only tay and Jin experiencing the sandstorm because they're the only psychics i don't remember if the others are acting chill are they not experiencing it yeah no one was like so a cat came to you and was like <laughs> so you want to go back in time and you like, say oh, yes like good stuff you're smoking the good stuff like that was so that's just normal in this universe, I guess. Because well, what? I was wondering, is that an Alice in Wonderland reference? Like Treshire cat? Like what what is this cat symbolism? Other than you said don't trust any cats whatsoever. Yeah. And JK obviously doesn't realize that it was that cat talking to him. Because he did he's not like alarmed, like, oh, a cat also spoke to me when I got hit by a car that you hit me with it like you know he wasn't like 
he didn't like connect the dots about the cat so i don't know although jk is the one like what the f is this story so it would yeah. be like very ironic if he was like oh i made a deal with this cat but i forgot about this cat but the same cat that i was judging you for is the cat that i made a deal with but yeah. also the time cycles are very consistent like i think it resets like every august 30th or whatever as you said there was a lot of moon symbolism throughout both books like tay will be like the moon looks like a fingernail it's really small right now and june's like oh he's talking about the moon and then like in the epilogue for jk he's talking about the moon and this abyss is like the cat the moon is it a moon cycle thing menstrual you know like what what's going on here yeah that's interesting moon child trust no cats <laughs> also interesting was the narrative with the girls which i feel like they had to like fit that in with that reel that happened before love yourself so i don't know like was that part of the book was it supposed to be part of the book or it became part of the book because the real happened first like i don't know we kind of touched on the girls but i just thought the like the inserting of like these girls out of nowhere and they're like all interacting with these girls like nam june's like flirting with this girl on the bus and i'm like don't give her that hair tie yeah i know <laughs> I out of my brain welcome home cheater no um <laughs> The weird thing I noticed about the female characters is they're always referred to as the girl. They are not given names. They are not yeah. given any physical descriptors. Is it like reader insert? Like at Lion. no point are they like, she was tall. <laughs> she was, you know, whatever. Yeah. There's just like no description. But then I'm also like, if they gave a description, someone would be like, this is XYZ girl group member from XYZ group. And I connected the because you know how the theories are, right? Yeah. And people stay in people's Instagram comments. So yeah, maybe I just they just that... left the girls generic intentionally. Yeah, I just thought the whole reel was interesting. Because like you had the reel and it ends with the girl getting hit by that Smeraldo flower truck which got to talk about Smeraldo somehow in like five minutes <laughs> I know but like only in Italy he, okay he, she gets hit with a car and then I'm like okay so are you gonna like I think he does try to go back and make it right does she get hit by the car in that reality still like it doesn't matter like she's gonna get hit by the car because he says he keeps trying to go back and fix things and their relationship never improves um like he's trying to he's like does he steal her diary or something like he kept it or she dropped it and so he kept it and so he's trying to like do what it do what she said that she wanted someone to do for her in the diary yeah. and it's not help it's not working like their relationship gets worse every single time he tries to go back and fix it but i'm like does she die every time like does that ever stop like they never really explain that I didn't read it as she dies every time and I was confused by the diary because he was like I took her diary but does she know that I have her diary because she dropped it so I think he kept it from like various loops you know so like in one universe he grabbed her diary but then in every universe other than that she still has her diary and so he's trying mm -hmm. to do the things anyway he's trying to do the things from her diary I don't know why the Smeraldo flower matters 
he has to get this custom order, but he's trying to make things better with her. The flower guy forgets to put the card in the flower, which at that point, just give her the flowers. Do not worry about the card, but he U-turns in the street and then runs her over. That's also some K-drama nonsense. Um, I was like, okay, did he just blow through the light? I did she jaywalk? I, like, what? I was trying to understand, like, even just trying to watch the reels, like, what's happening in this situation? Like, why did he just U-turn in the middle of the street and then just ran somebody over? Like, did he not see her there? Like, what? what is the situation here? I, I think the larger arc, so her arc is not fully explored either. <laughs> She's like, but in every universe, they're breaking up, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Except, I guess, for this one where he gets her this flower. I don't know. But then she dies anyway. So every other universe, he's like trying to hold on to her tighter and tighter. And so she's his like mechanism to learn that like to let go. Because in the final arc, they are broken up, broken up. And he lets her go. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like that was kind of forced in now that you mention it. Like because of the real, like it could have just not been included. Also, that's super creepy. And now that I'm saying it out loud, you pick up someone's diary and you're like, you, I will be your perfect person. <laughs> Again, Jin is giving low grade creeper. I love Jin in real life. In the Bonkhan universe, he's given like, he's giving third eye Doctor Strange vibes. <laughs> Again, yeah. kind of mini spoiler, but. So. I, I can't skip Smeraldo. Like, we're really running out of time here, but what the. F- Okay, so they just do this entire rollout with Smeraldo, set up an entire blog, like, give it this entire backstory around this flower, this fake flower that literally doesn't exist. Like, I mean, there's just an entire setup for, like, months, all just so that they can say, or somehow hide in the release, that BTS album is coming on an X date. Like, (laughs) the first Smeraldo blog was, like, set up so that they could reveal the date for the Her comeback. And the second one was to reveal the date for the tier comeback. And then they had another blog again in 2020. But I believe that one was not to reveal a comeback. It was to reveal, because they said something was coming out in late August. It was to reveal the comeback. It could have possibly been for Dynamite. (laughs) I I don't think it was for Dynamite, but I think specifically it was for the book. Yeah. I think it just happened that Dynamite came out around the same time that they said the shop is coming back around in August. But I think this was specifically for like the reveal of the second book. Yeah. So I'm like, well, we get another Smeraldo blog again. But like, if you are new to the BU universe, please go and look at this Smeraldo blog. Like, see the translations. It's the most wildest thing, right? Literally for one part of the story, which is Jen giving the freaking Smeraldo flower to that girl. Like, it is so, like, you do all of this universe building for one small part (laughs) of a story, which is to give somebody flowers. But was it even explained? He's very adamant that it has to be the Smeraldo flower and it has to be delivered on August 30th or whatever. Why? Was it in her diary that she had to have the Smeraldo? Like, why was he so adamant about that? Like, roses aren't good enough these days? (laughs) They tie it back to some, like, story about some guy. He's, like, he is in love with this lady and the lady dies and he's like, "Ah, I'm sad. So then he like hides himself in like this castle and then he starts like planting these flowers. Then some girl keeps coming like from some village and she keeps stealing them and he's like, I'm gonna catch this person. So he like 
starts falling in love with the person actually because he realizes that the girl is like poor and she's taking the flowers to go back to the village and sell the flowers that the guy is planting in his own little castle hideaway or whatever right this so then he falls in love in the beast. <laughs> <laughs> then he anyway. falls in love with the girl um for stealing the flowers and so he's like i'm gonna cultivate the best flower i'm gonna make the best flower ever specifically so that i can tell her that i'm in love with her right because he didn't want to reveal himself for whatever reason he like wore a mask so that he was ugly i don't know it was all of the copyright of beauty and the beast yeah (laughs) (laughs) so he um but also like tying it back to tear and like these masks or whatever Mm -hmm. like yeah they were wearing that okay so anyway so he's making this like crazy flower for this girl and it's the smarado flower it's like the most perfect flower and i think the name of the small smarado flower translates to the truth untold Mm. so anyway he goes and he makes this perfect flower and then he like plants all of the smarado flowers in his garden and he's like yeah she's gonna come and steal them and then she's gonna know how i feel and then she doesn't come. And he's like, what happened? So he goes back to the village to find this girl. And then he finds out that the girl died. So that's why the flower <laughs> is the truth died. untold. So that's why it's almost like, okay, so that's why Jen has this flower. Because he wants to give this flower to this girl. He's trying to, like, convey his feelings specifically with, through the Smeraldo flower. And then his truth is also untold now. Because the girl dies. <laughs> his truth she... mows her down in the street is actually how that plays out. <laughs> His truth untold, the things he did not tell her, mow her down in the street. And then it's also, like, implied through the person who is blogging through the Samarado thing or whatever. Like, he's the person who is cultivating, or he's trying to bring these flowers back. That's who Jen buys the flowers from. That's who also hits the girl with the truck. And he's like, the guy who was trying to buy the flowers from me doesn't come back anymore. And it's supposed to be like, yeah, because he's going through some time loop. But also, like, because you hit somebody with... A truck. That's so confusing, <laughs> like, though, because in I don't want to serve book, your business. <laughs> in the book, the flowers are specifically only from Italy. So yes, how is the guy in Italy also the guy driving the truck? If they're He's, in Korea, he like somehow goes and like gets these flowers. Like he, it's very like he goes and gets them, and he like grows them himself. Like he learns about them. The blog is absolutely insane. Like read it it's insane (laughs) but all of that all all of that and it's not even like that's like a small bit that i just told you all of that just so that jen can give these flowers to this girl and she does also to like tell us comeback dates (laughs) it's funny because the flowers mentioned like three times maybe in three sentences like it's insane it's insane i'm like that is this is the most insane rollout who does this for a group like you you've created like an entire world just for this flower specifically that's mentioned like you said in probably three sentences of this book someone that's crazy is working for like an entire year on launch and rollout (laughs) i would be so mad oh my god the work you do that never gets used anyway we are way over on time it is after midnight do you have any (laughs) parting thoughts on the bongtan universe because i know we could be here for many more time loops my my thought is where does where does the bongtan universe go now 
there was this whole like theory at one point that people were saying that like BTS were on their last trilogy, which pretty much came true. Or at least it's true for now. Um they've been going along with this theme. I feel like the BU theme clearly isn't used throughout every single music video. We know that. Like, obviously, Dynamite Butter, Princeton have nothing to do with the Bug Tongue universe. That we I think know they of. all. <laughs> well, that we know of. I don't know how you would tie that in. That would be an insane book. Um, we have to, like, find the permission to dance. Stop. Stop. <laughs> anyway. So that's the deal Jungkook made with the cat. <laughs> he can only dance under certain circumstances. I'm but sorry, you know, like, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think like, like on per se had something specifically to do with the Bangtan universe. I mean, people can probably try and like make it fit in there somehow, but I don't think it does. I think someone was also saying there's like very explicit mentions of when things are part of the Bangtan universe because they use the like BU universe logo. I don't know necessarily how true that is, but um, I, my thought is where do we go from here? And we're we're on this like kind of hiatus thing. BTS are trying to like reinvent themselves and trying to explore more about themselves. How does Big Hit continue the BU universe? Because now we're not getting the art to draw the storyline for the books if you're gonna have a part three now this is gonna be if it comes out let's just say it comes out next year this is going to be like someone's unless they draw from dynamite permission to dance and butter this is going to be someone's like completely new storyline that hasn't had anything necessarily to do with bts discography right unless you try to like draw b in somehow i don't know like it's going to be like a whole new thing. So I'm like, where does the BU go from here? This is going to be like some totally new story that we don't have like prior reference material for. Are they going to even try to continue the BU? Like, does it end here with the way they ended it with JK? Like, what? What is this, really? I feel like... So I'm of two minds about it. On the one hand, I'm like, if they weren't intending to continue the universe, why wouldn't they like wrap up the loose ends? And why would they try to start this arc with JK? So from that angle, I'm like, more is definitely coming. From the business angle, I also think more is definitely coming. I mean, even though I'm sitting here reading this, this is the exact same thing they're trying to do with the video games and Tiny Ton. It's like, use BTS's likeness without the members themselves involved, right? So they can continue to write about fake Hosok and fake Yoongi and fake, you know, everyone um, and extend it out. I don't know about Dynamite and Permission to Dance, and like, I don't think bad decisions is entering the Bongtan universe anytime soon. I could be wrong. Snoop Dogg rolls up in the LA sequence. You never know. I mean, here's a free idea, Hybe. Go for it. <laughs> Go forth and prosper. Write Snoop Dogg into the Bongtan universe. Jen knows him from his stint in LA. Um, anyway, I'm distracting myself now. Um <laughs> I was thinking about On and like the map of the soul albums, (laughs) the way this AU is like unfurling in my mind. And I'm like, we must stay focused. Um, Like, I think they could harvest more from 
map of the soul seven i said on thinking of the concert but like think about black swan like i mean how jk's art could be the black swan arc of like this very unlikely event that occurs you could i don't know work in a different aspect of the time travel universe and have them travel back in time and yoongi starts a cult like they're they're into overly traumatized arsonists back in ye old mary on days right um i think they have enough loose threads they could revisit the smeraldo flower like they could expand whatever's going on with this cat like yeah they could just give us a backstory they definitely have enough material to like make something new but i guess my thought process is if you have a bts universe running in parallel with bts music at a certain point unless you're going to go back backtrack to map of the soul there's no like new material that's giving you content for you to release or for you to build your story upon so yeah. like the bu takes its like complete turn where it's like doing its own stuff right does bts release or when they come back and they make new music how does it now again align with whatever the b bu releases at some point i don't know yeah and maybe they just don't maybe they diverge i don't know that wouldn't be bad maybe it would be more like coherent (laughs) if if they're not trying to make their source material based off of bts's music videos or bts's albums right completely diverge and have your own story that might sound a little bit more not pieced together well now i'm thinking if we had we had the um save me webtoon in january 2019 the first book came out in 2019 the second book came out in 2020 in 2021 was it Chaco seven fates was it a new webtoon because that's like not the bongton universe as far as i understand but it is a bongton alternative universe or alternate universe but separate from from this one so maybe they are thinking more about other ip and this will just be on indefinite hold until they either come back as a group or the next step is revealed yeah yeah i could see them doing like member member specific novels because that gives them seven novels right there like if they wanted to dive into each character's backstory more that could be but i don't think it would tie into their solo work because they're all like trying to explore and it seems like more unstructured you know what i mean how are they going to write about arson hobie or you know more hobie (laughs) within the context of like this specific universe i don't think i mean you could would it be successful i don't know well we would eat it up regardless so i mean yeah (laughs) whether it's executed well or not yeah i meant we would support it would it be well executed i don't know how how would we have dark office worker hobie like arsonist hobie picked up some tricks from yungi i don't know like maybe doesn't the focus fit into, but the focus is on jack specifically mm. since hobie didn't want to tell us enough about who jack is 
That could be. I can I envision know. the perfect like grayscale color cover right now. You know how the covers were kind of like pastelly streaks. Imagine like an orange, gray, and like black stripey cover for aesthetics. Beautiful. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we'll we're way see, over. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that was long but still probably only a light <laughs> insight into the PU. <laughs> yeah. But we did our best. I guess if you guys have any questions or thoughts and theories you want to share with us, please let us know. We are intrigued. And corrections. I'm sure I said some stuff that was wrong. Cause again, my eyes are falling out of my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. So. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it to, that'll do it for today's episode of girls with fun we will see you next time bye